0: I'm Keegan and I'm Madigan and you're listening to your Your angry Angry neighborhood Neighborhood feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast that what happens here where we explore the world. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. I
1: can't believe that that is so lost on you because I feel like it's so ingrained into my soul that I'll be like put into the incinerator with that still on my brain. I feel
0: like I got really nervous like, I knew you it. You were on the spot for a second. Yeah, and then you know how that happens? Like, as an actor, I'm yeah. sure that's happened to you before, too, where it's like, you know something front ways and back ways, but then you have, like, one tiny hiccup in your brain, and it's gone completely, yeah. and yeah. then the panic sets in, and you're like, oh, no, what if I never remember this again? That's
1: why I'm here to yes and you, Keegan. Thank you so much. Yes, you're not here alone. I get to pick it up where you tend to fall, and vice versa. That's why we have each other.
0: Goodness. I mean, it was a long <laughs> year of not doing it, either. I Yeah, you know,
1: I was just talking about that with Max again today, where I'm like, I'm just so happy that I get to, like, go back and do it in person, because it's so much more fun. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't fun getting to see you through a computer screen, because it was still really nice to see you and to still do all of this, but it's so much more fun to do this when you're in person. It feels a lot more natural. So much more natural. Mm -hmm. And there's less of, like, you know, and over the internet, there's sometimes a lag or a glitch or a something, and I guess it's different than being...
0: I had to buy a whole new computer because of recording from home because I was getting so frustrated. My old computer was so slow. It was so bogged down with, like, audio files because I'm bad at removing files and putting them on a hard drive. And it got to the point where I was just like, I I can't do this anymore. If we're going to record long distance for a long period of time, totally, i got to step up my game. So we're going to jump right into talking about the news because I think we have quite a bit to uh, talk about and not a lot of time to do it in. So... We wanted to start off the episode kind of talking about what's been going on in Sheik Dara in East Jerusalem. Now, I am not Maddie and I had a conversation earlier today about how we wanted to talk about this because neither of us are experts. I would definitely not consider myself to be educated enough on this topic to go— super, super far in depth on this, but it feels wrong to not at least mention what's going on right now. Um, It's not our intention to spread misinformation, so please seek out other podcasts and other resources, as they will do this a million times better than we are going to be able to do it right now.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Still, I'd like to try and give you at least kind of an abridged version Mm -hmm. of what's been going on kind of to the best of our ability here, so... Existing tensions between the Palestinians and the Israelis were amplified after an October 2020 ruling by the Israeli court to forcibly evict 12 Palestinian families from the East Jerusalem neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah. As a result of this ruling, 550 Palestinians face the threat of dispossession. Most of the Palestinians in this neighborhood are refugees who were ethnically cleansed from their homes in other parts of Palestine in the 1948 war. So they uh-huh. were removed from their homes, placed into this neighborhood, uh, and they've kind of developed a life there. Right. You know, and they've been there for quite a long time. Yeah. So Yeah. Per AP News, quote, settler groups say that the land was owned by the Jewish people prior to the 1948 war, and Israeli law allows for Jews to reclaim such lands, but bars Palestinians from recovering property that they lost in the same war. Right. So... It's already very imbalanced. Like, it's it's very unfair. There are all of these laws in place that allow um, Jewish-born people in East Jerusalem to be able to claim family, like, ancestral land, essentially, yeah. that, like, their family owned years and years ago. Whereas if Palestinians lose that land they have no claim to come back to it. There's
1: no way for them to, to get that land back.
0: Right. So Israel captured East Jerusalem in the 1967 war along with the West Bank and Gaza and annexed it in a move that was not recognized internationally. Like, they were like, this is ours, right? Right. Um... In 1972, settler groups told the families that, uh, told the families that were living there, the Palestinian families, that they were trespassing on Jewish-owned land, even though their families had been there for a number of years at right. this point. And that was the start of a long legal battle that in recent months culminated with the eviction order against 36 families in Sheikh Jarrah and two other East Jerusalem neighborhoods. And you can watch videos of... People just basically walking into these homes and being like, it's mine now. And you you see the families being like, you can't just come in here and kick my family out of our house. I can't even
1: imagine, you know, and that's something that's happened so many times in our world throughout history. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Whenever there's a certain type of people that is being, uh, you know, that, that they're trying to take out. A lot of times you find that one of the first things they do is come into your home, take your possessions, physically take claim of your property. It's very
0: colonialist. Yes. That's how it feels. And Eastern Jerusalem residents have different rights depending on if they are Jewish or Palestinian. So Jewish-born people in East Jerusalem are automatically granted Israeli citizenship, while Palestinians born in East Jerusalem are granted a form of permanent residency that can be revoked if they spend too much time living outside the city. Mm. So Palestinians are also treated differently, obviously when yeah. these, these kinds of things come up, there's like a ethnic hierarchy definitely uh when it comes to housing they're they're treated differently. so the families who are evicted, they're also concerned that they won't be able to find somewhere else to live like yeah. where are they supposed to go? So tensions began to rise because of all of these things, because of the order that happened last October. They've been steadily rising since then. And Palestinians began to protest this because they're losing, you know, they're losing their homes. Yeah, And these protests escalated, resulting in Israeli police attacking protesters. On May 9th, UNICEF released a statement saying, quote, "...over the past two days, 29 Palestinian children were injured in East Jerusalem. Eight Palestinian children were arrested. A one-year-old toddler was among those injured. Nearly 300 were injured in the area." Ugh. "...the UN has called for Israel to immediately halt evictions, saying that these forced evictions amount to a war crime." And things escalated from there. Israeli aircrafts have now attacked Gaza. And Hamas, which is a militant Palestinian group, have fired rockets into Israel. At least 103 people have been killed in Gaza, including 27 children, over the past four days. Palestinian medical officials said, On Thursday alone, 49 Palestinians were killed in an enclave, the highest single-day figure since Monday. Seven people have been killed in Israel A soldier patrolling the Gaza border, five Israeli civilians, two children, and an Indian worker. Mm. And that's according to Israeli authorities. And it's only getting worse. Yeah. So, basically, like, the Israeli armed forces are now targeting and attacking buildings in East Jerusalem that they see as being like Hamas strongholds. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. But they're targeting them, and then kind of like to fire back. Their uh, Hamas's or Palestinian militant forces are shooting rockets, just kind of indiscriminately into yeah. Israel, which of course is resulting in civilian casualties. Yeah. So it's a really upsetting and unfortunate situation, and it's it's just it feels like it will never and it feels like it will never be resolved.
1: Right. Well, and this is from my perspective, this is something that happens in desperation. You know, you were talking about an analogy that you had heard on the Daily Zeitgeist where they were kind of comparing it to, you know, lightly to the Black Lives Matter protests with the police. And I thought that was a really good analogy to show that sometimes People will act in ways that they normally wouldn't because of anger or desperation. And when such a large amount of people are being evicted from their homes, I can I can understand that that feeling of wanting to retaliate. Right. I mean, and it's just the power is not equal.
0: Right. Like the distribution of power isn't equal. Yeah. Because on one side you have very strong military presence, right? You know, and on the other side, you don't have that. And you don't have an equal distribution of rights for civilians either. So I understand it's a complicated issue. I understand that people have really strong feelings on both sides of the issue. And I respect, I, I respect that, and, I, and I'm, I'm choosing my words very carefully, because I, I certainly don't want to come across as being um, insensitive, and as I said originally, I, I don't feel like I'm educated enough on this topic to be making big, sweeping sta- like statements, and I don't want to be spreading any kind of disinformation. Um, I
1: agree, yeah.
0: But I, I do want to say that, like, the power is not is not equal in this situation and i do i do think that that's an important thing for everybody to keep in mind as you're kind of looking into this and reading articles just just know that yeah. the palestinians have absolutely been oppressed in this region Definitely. for a very long time It uh, doesn't justify casualties but that's it
1: yeah <laughs> that's exactly. all okay okay well i have something completely different nowhere near talking about anything quite as heavy as that but it is something that i think has kind of been in chatter a lot this week and i wanted to talk a bit about Billie eilish mm-hmm. so full disclaimer and i've had so many conversations with people i personally am i'm a huge fan of Billie eilish the person i personally am not a fan of her music i'm sorry i like her
0: music i
1: do I feel like she's hurting her voice when she whispers sings. And it It's possible. Me. Yeah. It's just it's just a thing for me and like and that's the thing is I really really want to be like a, the biggest Billie Eilish fan because I adore her. I just can't I can't do it. And I felt the need to like give that disclaimer so it did, I didn't like sound like I know everything about Listen, her when I really don't, you know? Not
0: not everything is for everyone yeah, either and yeah. like that's
1: okay too. Thank you, Keegan. You're welcome. Thank you. So this is very much from the perspective of someone that's like, I don't know everything about her. It's not like I'm like, oh my God, I'm this huge fan, so I can tell you all this history about everything she said. It's not going to be anything like that. But I was... I don't want to say the word shocked because that sounds like it has a negative connotation. But I was very surprised to see her new Vogue cover mm-hmm. because we are used to seeing, you know, the black and green hair and the expensive looking sweatsuits and the quirky accessories and everything that she And wears. oversized
0: everything. And, and she went out of her way to say that she wanted to wear oversized everything. So, exactly. Yeah. And,
1: and that's a really huge thing for her. So this new kind of era for her was in unveiled in this British Vogue cover. And the cover coincides with the release of the first single from her new album called Your Power, which shows Billy, who's 19, with blonde hair and a pinup style outfit. So like we had mentioned For years, I mean, since she's come into popularity, her kind of signature look has been to wear very oversized outfits, really, really big jackets, you know, things like that. And that was very intentional. Like, she she hit her body on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. and, And, you know, she said, Billy has expressed for years that she felt uncomfortable wearing form fitting clothing because she doesn't like the attention she gets when she does. But also, when she was explaining this, Uh, Like, I remember when she would talk about it when she was still, like, 17 and even 18, like, her having to defend herself against, like, prying eyes, you know, she didn't want that kind of attention. She is, you know, she's like, I have big boobs, like, that's just how I am, but I don't want to have to be looked at in that way. So wearing oversized clothes. She's like I'm not ashamed of my body, but I don't want to be. You don't you know, want to comment. You
0: don't want it commented on. Like yeah. I remember reading that article and actually that was kind of the first time that I felt impressed by Billie Eilish because yeah. I, I do think that there is a curmudgeonly aspect to my personality that anytime like a a new young person comes up, I'm half, I'm half, like, you go, girl, I'm so proud of you, but then there's the other half of me that's like, prove yourself to me, that you're, (laughs) you're worthy of being so famous at at such, such a young age, you know, and so I was leery of Billie Eilish at first, and I think that that was the first article that I read, where I was like, oh, actually, I, that makes so much sense and it's so insightful for someone of her age because what she said was basically like, Yeah, it's not that I'm ashamed of my body, it's nothing like that. It's yeah. just that I know as a young person I saw what happened to Britney Spears and the Olsen twins and everything else, and yeah. I just don't want people commenting on my body. Yeah, and if I don't all. show
1: it, you can't comment on it. And right. there was a photo that was leaked in the fall of twenty twenty, uh by it was like a paparazzi picture where she's in like basketball shorts like and a tank top, yeah. And it went like, Viral. People lost their shit about it. It's like, and oh my god, she has boobs. Yeah, everybody was commenting on her body. And she was kind of like, see, this is exactly the point. Now that you've gotten a taste of what I look like, you're all over this shit. And so the fact that she's wearing, like, lingerie, she's wearing a corset, and she's got this, like, blonde pin-up style, and she does defend her use of a corset, which I thought was a, a good idea. She's kind of getting ahead of people being like, well, if you're so body positive, why do you wear a corset? It, but that the point kind of is, thing. you
0: don't need to defend anything. Like, yes. there's absolutely no reason. Some Fashion is meant to be fun, right? Totally. Like, I think we're, we're in a place now where fashion is meant to be fun. It's meant to be
1: an interesting way to express yourself. And corsets, that's, it, sometimes they're just fun. They're fun, and she also said that her stomach is something that she's really insecure about, and she wanted to feel really good during the shoot. So that totally makes sense to me and if that's and it's already kind of in like the whole aesthetic and vibe of what she was going for and I understand having things that you know you could be all for loving your body all the time but it doesn't mean that you always do. So fashion is also about wearing things that make you feel the most comfortable. So for her to feel you know, maybe the sexiest or the most comfortable or the coolest or whatever was going to make her feel good enough to do that photo shoot, that's what she should do. So that's why I don't see anything wrong with with that choice. If she was wearing a corset and then doing a Kim Kardashian trying to get everybody one want- else to wear these and talking about why, you know, a flat stomach is important and blah, 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 but that's not what she's doing. Right.
0: I also think it's important to dispel this myth that being body positive means you always feel good about your own body. Yeah. Because there are things that I say, or not say, that I believe are beautiful when I see them on other people, but it takes a lot of self-analysis and a lot of work, personal work.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh in order to see those things as beautiful within yourself sometimes. Yeah,
1: well, you know, because we really aren't raised to feel that way about ourselves, as much as, like, I feel like, especially in our generation, there was just, like, be you, and, like, you know, the participation trophies galore kind of generation, I guess, but there was still so much, I feel like, stigma about how we were supposed to look Growing up and this kind of stuff wasn't talked about. And I think it's one of those things where it's like now that we're finally discussing our own insecurities more openly and talking about how we're getting through those insecurities, so that hopefully eventually one day it won't just be, well, of course, like everybody feels negatively about their body. You know, it shouldn't just be a regular thing. Right.
0: I think that that second part that you said that we're working to get through it, because I actually think that our generation was raised to be very vocal about the things we didn't like about our bodies, but they were always framed as... You can be vocal about the things you don't like about your bodies if it's in the context of things that need to be fixed. Exactly, right? Where it was be, it, it was normal to like be at a girl's sleepover and be like pinching parts of your yeah. body and saying oh, I like hate I hate this, stomach I hate or this. that,
1: right? Or but, I wish I had your boobs, or mm-hmm. I wish I had you know like that whole culture is so prevalent.
0: You know? Right, but now I do think we are moving towards being able to say, like, yeah, I'm insecure about this thing, and kind of, like, work on moving forward in that, and, well, and that's that. Well, and,
1: and that's how you move forward with it, and I think, you know, when I saw the photo for the first time, which, by the way, I'm going to say really quick, it broke a ton of Instagram records, uh, the picture cover became the fastest Instagram photo to reach a million likes in under six minutes. I mean, she so. looks... Amazing. She looks amazing, and to me, it's such a... You know, she's 19 now. I think she was 17 when her first album came out. She's a young adult. She's no longer a minor. She's not a child. To me, it seems like a really great way for her to... Reclaim her narrative in another way to be able to show her body on her terms instead of people having to, you know, leak these photos and gotcha her. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's her way to kind of be like, this is me on my own terms right now. And it's completely different than what I was before before. And that's totally fine. And I think that's really, really aspirational. I
0: agree. I feel like a lot of people, there was a lot of chatter online about, oh, Billie Eilish has sold out. Like, things like that because, oh, she said she wasn't going to do this. And I think that a lot of people who liked that choice, which, I mean, I liked that choice, but I liked that choice because she was actively making a choice about And that's her what body. she wanted to do. And that's what I liked about it. Yeah. But a lot of people, I feel like really wanted her to be that, like, anti-pop star, right? And they didn't like that they felt like she sold out and,
1: like, this is what she's doing now. But That's putting way too much pressure on a very young artist when you literally She was let... a child. Yeah. And do you know how many phases Taylor Swift has been through? Or and Madonna should. and Prince and Michael and Jackson? And I mean, should. the last one's not a great example, That's but... That's
0: part of... Outside of even being a pop star, where, yes, part of your job is to reinvent yourself regularly. Yeah. Being a well-rounded human being, part of being a well-rounded human being means changing. Yeah. Like, I went through so many phases. I went through so many phases, and they were all authentically me. It was just different, right? Like, it was just like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna be this Avril Lavigne, like, tie-wearing, shopping at Hot Topic, way too much eyeliner, and then, you know, I'm gonna be like a Zoe Deschanel kind of cool, not like the other girls, Manic Pixie Dream Girl who listens to nothing, but indie, you know, music. Like, and those things were all who I was, it was just me trying to find myself, and that culminated in who I am right now.
1: Yeah, and I think that especially when you're growing up and you're in your teenage years, that that's when those, like phases hit the hardest because you have to try different things in order to figure out what you like what you don't like what's me what's not me and
0: they're all you and they'll be exactly. a com- you will end yeah. up being a combination of all of that stuff totally. and we should embrace the fact that like she's experimenting with that like that i think is so cool i i love it and yeah. i can't wait to see what she does next
1: yeah and honestly everybody should be allowed to change their look to How whatever they want, they want to do without it having to like, you know, break the internet. But at the same time, I really love that... Her experiences start really great conversations, and she is really, really great about expressing herself and her feelings and her intentions behind things. So I'm glad that, you know, while I feel like this whole change shouldn't have been as big of a deal negatively or positively, and she seems to even be overwhelmed by the attention that it got, I like that she's able to handle herself so well when talking about her own identity.
0: Because it seems like it's coming from a place. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not just it's stuff... It's well thought out. Right. It's not just stuff that I feel like she's just spitting out. And I mm-hmm. think that that's what I was impressed by the first time I read, you know, the article about why she chose to dress the way that she does. And that's why I feel the way about it that I do now. Yeah. You know? So I'm I'm proud of her. Way to go, Billy! Oh, yeah. We like you on this podcast. All right. So... Uh, The last thing that I have to talk about is kind of funny, so I'm going to preface this. I wasn't going to talk about this today, but it just happened today, and so I feel like it needs to be addressed, and that is that the CDC has said that vaccinated people can go without masks in most most places right now, which, on the one hand, oh my gosh, yay! Yeah. Uh, On the other hand, I do feel like it's going to give this kind of, like, permission to these, like anti-maskers to be like, great, I'm going to go out without a mask now, even though they're not vaccinated. Like, it's being said that it's, like, an incentive for people to get vaccinated. I'm like, no, it's not. These people are just... It's not.
1: They're still not going to get vaccinated, but at... I'm just gonna say, cause I was talking about this with people walking by. I had my first restaurant experience today in over a year. And there were some people walking by without them. And you know, today the CDC said it was fine, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're not vaccinated and you're not wearing a mask and you're walking close to people who could potentially get you sick, isn't that just kind of your fault? It is. Well... You know what I mean? Like I don't really feel sorry for the people because and I don't I don't want this to sound bad but i'm probably not gonna get sick so i don't care i'm vaccinated you know what You know what i mean like
0: that's how i felt as well because you know that there are people in my family who are not getting vaccinated and anthony and i had a whole thing about him wanting to ask all of our guests to be vaccinated for our wedding and i kind of feel like what you decide to do with your body that's you know what I'm not going to tell you that you need to go and and put something in your body that you feel uncomfortable with. Right. Because the way that I see it, I'm vaccinated. My friends are vaccinated. If you come here and you are not vaccinated, yeah. you are choosing to put yourself yes, in a situation that's the, that is unsafe.
1: It, you're pu- you're only you. putting yourself at risk. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that... And other I think unvaccinated people. Makes me feel better because for me, I've always been like, well, I'm going to continue to wear a mask for as long as I have to because I don't want to infect anybody else. Mm-hmm. That was always the biggest thing for me. So now I'm like, well, fuck y'all. Like, you're purposefully not wearing a mask. I don't care. You know well, I mean? and the thing is...
0: I love my family members. I don't want to get them sick. Of course not. But at the same time, it's all adults at our wedding. If you are an adult and you are showing up to a place, you've made a decision. I can't control the decisions that you make and I'm not going to try. So you you have to live with, with... Whatever decisions you make, and as much as I love you, and I always encourage you to do the thing that's going to keep you safest.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm also not going to micromanage your decisions. like, Yeah, I as mean, an just adult-
1: telling any person in any sort of relationship that you have what to do is usually never going to end super well when it's in a demand or an ultimatum. So. Yeah,
0: I agree. So. Anyway, yeah, if you're vaccinated, you can go most places without a mask. Uh, now, the CDC says it. Joe Biden has shared it across his social media. Yes, he has. So it is official. However, there are some caveats. Vaccinated individuals must cover their faces and social distance when going to doctors, hospitals, or long term care facilities mm-hmm. like nursing homes, and when traveling by public transportation or while in airports and bus stations, and when in prisons or homeless shelters. So, yeah. those are the caveats. If you're going to get on a plane, you still need to wear a mask. And businesses also still do have the right to tell you to put one on when you come inside. It's up to them. I know here in Los Angeles, even though they say, you know, you can be outside without masks, you can be in in restaurants and in play indoors without masks. I know that Los Angeles or maybe even all of California still does have a mask mandate in place until June 15th. Uh-huh. And my guess is that they will probably keep that in place until June 15th and then they'll probably lift it all. But I
1: mean, I kind of see like, why not? You know what I mean? I think that... It's, I've never had an issue wearing a mask. I am so pro mask because I haven't gotten any sort of cold or flu or anything this year. So for me, it's kind of like, yeah, if I need to wear a mask just to go into the store now. Whatever. Right.
0: What it means to me is that on my weekly walk over to my friend Cassie's house to record my other podcast, I maybe won't have my mask on. Yeah. Which I have had, you
1: know, like. And especially coming into the summer, it's going to feel good because I get sweaty over there. That was the worst last summer when I'd have to be outside for a long period of time. Masking. Masking. So much mask But
0: okay. So I did want to say. Because you're like, well, they should just stay away from all the like, you know, people who aren't getting vaccinated, they should just stay away from us. Well yeah. good news, they want to in a weird twist of fate. Okay. <laughs> so there is a Vice article that came out recently, and the headline is anti-maskers ready to start masking to protect themselves from the vaccinated. I saw this. <laughs> It is some wild shit, so let's get into it. Oh my god. Really quickly. So, there is a conspiracy that is making its way through anti-vax circles that actually might lead some anti-maskers to wear a mask
1: and keep away
0: from others. It's so weird. So the conspiracy, which, you know, it has a variety of kind of variations, more or less says that the vaccinated will shed certain proteins onto the unvaccinated, who will then suffer adverse effects. (gasps) Like what? The main worry... Is the shedding will cause irregular menstruation, infertility, oh, no. and miscarriages. <gasps> it is completely baseless. Yeah. Of course.
1: <laughs> They're uh, going to shed proteins from what? Our skin? It, I, I, I don't know, I'm going to start, like, brushing my, like, like snake. skin at people just to freak them out walking by. And the belief is that
0: it's part of a, the larger conspiracy that COVID-19 was a ploy to depopulate the world. And the vaccine is what will call the masses, right? So it's like, it's going to make us all infertile, all of us who have had yeah. the vaccine. Which I, I told you, I don't know if I told the listeners, that my dad, when I was at home, told me before I was vaccinated, told me not to get vaccinated if I ever wanted to have kids. And that's all he's going to
1: say about it. Yeah. I'm going to say about it. Okay. Yeah. No, and that's something I've heard. And I have read that there are people who have had the vaccine. And I was was telling Keegan last week when I was here that I was like, God, I hope I'm not pregnant because I haven't got my period yet. And I wasn't even late. Like when I went back and looked at like a picture of the time I knew I had my period, I was like, oh, I'm not even late. What am I worried about? But I did do some reading before I got the vaccine that was saying that after getting the shot of vaccine you might have some irregularities in your period and things like that but it's nothing long term it's just kind of like your body's normal but like that right. was like a maybe
0: yeah i mean there is no actual proven evidence no. that it is going to make you infertile. And
1: I think the thing that we always have to remember, too, is that whenever we are receiving any sort of medicine or something from a doctor, there's always going, they have to list every single possible thing that could happen in order to, you know, avoid a lawsuit or, you know, other things like that. So if there is a possibility of something happening, I also understand that that's why it needs to be mentioned. Well, and
0: everybody's body is different. Yeah. And you might end up having an adverse effect to a drug or to something that somebody else doesn't. Exactly. And you, you can't always foresee those things. Yes. And it
1: definitely cannot seep out of our bloodstream and onto another person and hurt them.
0: Yeah. Your your body crumbs are just gonna...
1: It's gonna be great for people who are, like, still dating, because it's gonna help weed out all the anti-maskers who are now wearing masks, because they're not gonna want to kiss someone who's vaccinated. No.
0: No. Okay, but... Okay. Sorry. No, you're good. I just... (laughs) There's a lot here. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so wild. Anti-vax influencers, which is a thing that shouldn't exist, no. are instructing their fellow anti-vaxxers as well as anti-maskers, and these two communities have almost... It's one...
1: Yeah.
0: The Venn diagram is a circle. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: That one of the best ways to defend themselves is to co-opt social distancing and stay away from people who have been vaccinated. Okay, so, Sherry Tenpenny, who's an anti-vaxxer who was found to be key in spreading COVID-19 conspiracies, suggested on a recent anti-vax live stream that you may have to stay away from somebody who's had these shots forever. (gasps) Oh, no. Another prominent anti vaxxer suggested that we should be quarantining people who have been vaccinated. So this guy is a pediatrician and anti-vaxxer.
1: No, I hate when those people exist. It's How not did good. you go through medical school and be an anti vaxxer. I don't understand you.
0: Work with kids.
1: Ugh, poor uh, kids. Uh, but save he said, the children. Hashtag save the children. Right.
0: He said there is something being passed from people who are shot up with this poison to others who have not gotten the shot. Um, And he also says that people who have been vaccinated should have to wear a badge on their arms.
1: Oh, really? That Mm -hmm. sounds like a really good idea. So that they Should we go back to Nazi Germany Mm -hmm. and make everyone put a Star of David on their clothes, too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great idea. Uh,
0: So they also feel like people should have to wear a mask, uh, that they might need to start wearing a mask around the vaccinated so that they don't get any of these proteins or whatever is being shed from vaccinated people. Uh, and it, it's actually... I know we're kind of making light of it and we're joking about it, but it is actually a little scary. No, it's,
1: that's the thing, is that most of the things that are conspiracy-related, you laugh at them because they are so ridiculous-sounding when you just read them out loud, but the thing is, is that... All the bad shit that's happened in the past four years is all kind of based off of conspiracy. We've seen how you know something small online, a small idea, can turn into actual violence. You right. know,
0: and they believe it. Like pe- they these, do. These yeah. people really believe it, and it's having actual real world consequences. Yeah. Uh Recently, a private school in Miami went so far as to ban vaccinated teachers from interacting with unvaccinated students. That is horrible. It's it's terrifying. And in April, a gold shop in British Columbia in Canada, the owners put up a sign saying that the vaccinated were banned from entering the store, citing worries about vaccine shedding. So while it is absolutely completely ridiculous, baseless, quite Junk. frankly yeah. stupid, yeah, uh, conspiracy theory it is a little scary, because anytime you get people who solidly believe these things, and people really do, I mean, I started reading, uh, I started watching Q into the Storm, I couldn't finish it.
1: Oh, and I watched all of it, and it's it's infuriating, but it's such a fucking good series. It's, it, it's just hard for me to, I, t- today,
0: I got I got a thing about election stuff from my dad today, like, when I'm telling you, like, it is such a mindfuck yeah. that people actually really truly believe this stuff. And so while I think it's important for us to be able to have a laugh about it and talk about it on the show... Because there
1: is an absurd... Uh, absurdity, like, yeah, quality to you, it. You read it out loud and it sounds absolutely insane, you know? Right.
0: right. And so I, I while I, for my own mental health, I think it's important for me to kind of be able to laugh about it. Yeah. I also do want people to just keep this in the back of their mind as something that people are taking seriously and really do believe and that that could lead to really bad shit. Yeah. So, uh...
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I think that people are starting to understand that more and more, especially after the insurrection on January 6th. I think that it's starting to be painfully obvious that conspiracies don't stay quiet all the time. It doesn't just stay behind a screen or on the internet like they can... Mm -hmm. You know, do something about the way that they feel. And it's scary. All right. Well, I'm going to mention now before I get into my regular spiel that June is going to be coming out month and we are going to be doing a coming out episode. So if you want to share your coming out story, you can do so with your name attached or you can do so anonymously. Uh, Just let us know and we would be more than happy to protect your privacy. Uh, But if you would like to share your coming out story, if there's any news topics that you want us to cover in the future, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at You can also direct message us and follow us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can chat with the other listeners on the group page and like and review us on the business page. And most importantly, if you haven't done so already, the best way to support us is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so, so very much. All right, so all we have for you today. With all of that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Hey. Hey there. This is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts, with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut.